Lightcasting Network. Honestly, when you're in alignment with who you are, that's where the light comes from. You know, that's where the spark comes from. That's where your feeling of purpose in life comes from. And, and that's where you, when you're operating from that place, that's the place where you are capable of effecting change, not just in your life, but outwardly as well. There comes a time on your soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as enlightenedhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenedhood. I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Monday. While I record this, many of you may or may not be watching the Super Bowl if you're in the States. I myself, an avid sport lover and loved playing fantasy football, but this year I really directed my energy into other places. And so it was almost a fun challenge for me to see if I could not watch any football this year. And I am proud to announce that even on the biggest football day of the year, I still have not seen one minute of football all year. <laughs> Is that something to be proud of? Maybe. I don't know. We always have a choice of what we do with our energy and what we consume and what we want to put our attention into. And, you know, when we make those choices for self-care or for soul care, really, it can be really hard to resist against what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is talking about, what you think you should be doing, what you think you should be binging on Netflix, how you think you should be spending your time, who you should spend your time with. So if you're making those hard decisions, even if they are the much less popular one, give yourself a really big hug of light and love and gratitude today because th that's how we change and that's how we shift and that's how we grow is we make that constant effort, that conscious effort to put our energy into things that light us up to growth, to healing, to alone time with ourself and our thoughts, which isn't always pretty because one thing that I've been working through recently just to be completely vulnerable and open, which I think is the point of this podcast is just, I've really been struggling with loneliness and it's hard, you know, with the pandemic, I'm sure so many of us are feeling this way. And I, as for me, especially, I mean, I felt this way before the pandemic and it's really being, you know, triggered and a big wound on my heart right now. And it's something I've had to work through because 
it could be really easy to to bypass it spiritually and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm lonely because there's something within myself that tells me I'm not enough for myself. And, you know, I I can see and I can understand that perspective, but this is a human experience. And as mammals and as humans, as homo sapiens, we thrive on connection and relationships and security and it's okay to kind of dance in the line between both of understanding that solitude can be really powerful and alone time can be really powerful. But I really, really, really miss, you know, being in the company of people who also want my company. And I took myself on a, a faux date <laughs> this weekend where I was home alone. I got I ordered breakfast delivered and I put on a YouTube video, which are my favorite ones, where they're like little scenes where there's weather happening in the background. That's a terrible way of explaining it. Um, so it was a coffee shop with like uh, jazz music and autumn leaves falling. And I made myself a nice coffee and, you know, just sat and said, OK, I, I really need this because moments like this where, you know, it feels like I'm treating myself or going out to do something really helps with that loneliness. So. If you're feeling that right now, if you're really struggling with, you know, not having like-minded people in your in your tangible physical life, if you don't have a big group of friends, my heart goes out to you because I know how hard that is and always here to to be that support system for someone else because I know how hard it is, I know how lonely it is and that's really all we can do on this path is turn around and reach out our hands to those who are also on this path because it can be scary. There can be lots of hills and valleys and lots of darkness and lots of unknowns and lots of weather patterns. I don't know why I'm on a, on a weather kick today. But anyway, today's episode I'm really excited about. I am talking to my dear friend, Angela Moore. Angela is a former restaurant owner and tech manager turned spiritual writer and educator, living in a small mountain town in British Columbia, Canada. She hosts Wisdom Circles as an accredited global sisterhood facilitator through her company, Inward Rising. She leads women in virtual gatherings through meditation, rituals, and curated experiences so they can reconnect to their innate wisdom and rise from the inside out. I love that so much. Today, we are talking about what it means to claim your light. What are the things that have to happen on the spiritual path for you to show up and claim your light? Hint, it involves jumping off a cliff and free falling with the universe. We're also talking about what does it mean to hold space for someone? Why do we get to a certain point on our spiritual path and feel this innate call to, to hold this space for others, to give them that safe container for growth and support as well? So this conversation and so much more with Angela is coming up right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. 
If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenedhood.com or text GARDEN to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside. So I'd love to know about your spiritual journey. When did you start to claim your light and what did that process look like that really awakened you? It really started, you know, actually I, I grew up like I, I had a, a theoretical understanding of spirituality and meditation. I grew up with a parent who, well, my mom specifically was into like meditation circles and, you know, talking about spirituality um, when I was a kid, but I didn't really, it, it seemed as something kind of, you know, kind of lame that my mom did, you know, if I'm being honest, but you know, you're a teen and you're, you're a kid and you're just like, what's she doing? You know, with these incense. Are our kids going to think that? I don't know. <laughs> Time will tell, but yeah. Um, and, and so I never paid it much attention to be honest. Um, I, it wasn't until I, um, I'm from Canada and I live on the West coast and was living in Vancouver at the time. And I had started a a restaurant downtown, um, which actually turned into a bar at night. And it was almost the concept of something similar to a supper club. Um, if you're familiar with that, it's where it's a restaurant and then, Basically, once you reach a certain hour, you push some of the tables aside and we would bring DJs in and different types of entertainment and it would really just turn into a club. Hmm. Um, And so it got really busy and really pretty overwhelming because I started it with a few friends who you know, on a shoestring budget, we were in our twenties and it was just something that got away from us quickly. Mm. Um, it was really busy, but what ended up happening was that amount of overwhelm for me kind of was a catalyst, uh, for a series of events, um, that ended up being a bit of a perfect storm, um, into my, um, I guess, breakdown and then beginning uh, to claim my light and my power. Um, I, from there, ended up um, walking away from that business out of complete exhaustion. Um, But shortly after I got pregnant, it was unplanned. Um, It was uh, a twin pregnancy and there were a series of uh, serious complications with it that led me to, I, I now have one daughter out of that pregnancy. Um, but that was a really, really, um, just emotionally and physically draining period of my life. Um, there were some other things too, just that had to do with my, my daughter's biological father, um, that were really just extremely trying at the time. And the combination of 
all of these things um, really brought me to like my knees. Um, and I mean, really looking back on it now, I completely understand that that's exactly what had to happen because I'm a strong-willed person and there's, there's no way that I would have stopped genuinely to that depth and really begun to go inward had I not experienced something that, um, <laughs> rattling, if you will. Yeah. Um, and that was the beginning. And I, I also am, you know, eternally grateful to my daughter because she, I, I remember being pregnant with her in really bad circumstances, but having this tiny little whisper inside me telling me that it was going to be okay. And I knew that it was going to be okay because I knew that she was something that was going to lead me to the light because it was so important, um, this idea of becoming a mother and protecting her at all costs. Um, and so ultimately, that was the beginning of a journey for me that as I continued down that path, I began just letting go and walking away from people and situations that I knew were not good for my, for my mm -hmm. growth. And I don't mean to say, I also read a lot about spiritual bypassing at that time too. And I, I was really determined to not, walk away from things um, as a way to bypass them. But there's still a lot of things that I did have to confront. Um, and it really took me uh, quite a lot of time to go through it, to be honest with you. It wasn't just a like snap my fingers and all of a sudden I am charging towards the light. It was me having this realization and then it felt like, you know, two steps forward, sometimes three steps backward. Mm -hmm. And it carried on for probably a couple of years um, where I was making progress, but I had to be very deliberate and focused in remembering the small, tiny steps of progress that I was making because it did not feel like leaps and bounds all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I was a single mom uh, and there were many days most days at the beginning where it, it felt like I was making no progress but I I held on to this tiny hope that if I just continued to do the work and not turn away from myself anymore that that would be enough to eventually propel me into a reality that was in deeper alignment with my authentic self. And it did. It did. And that really was the beginning for me of recognizing that 
I'm meant to help other people and specifically other women because I know what it feels like to not know if, if things are going to change and to not know if the, you know, the seeds you are planting right now are going to be enough. You know, how do we, how do we trust a future that we can't see evidence of yet? Um, But one of the biggest learning experiences for me was that you can trust yourself. That's so hard too, because, and I think that, I don't know if you found this with the women that you've worked with that I think is such a, I don't know if turnoff is the right word, but maybe a roadblock for those starting out on a spiritual path and have this understanding that, that there's more and that they have more light to shine with putting so much trust and so much, so much surrender into something that's not tangible. Yeah. And exactly. And it, and it, I don't even know if I have any other advice that, that you just have to keep going and trust that, yeah. that, that it will get better and that there is light, but with light comes darkness. And, and like we were saying before, like, I don't think that's necessarily the part that's talked about enough on this path of what that darkness looks like and how to even start looking at the darkness because we all, we all have wounds we all have shadows we all have these pieces of ourselves even if it was a single event that we thought wasn't that significant it it there's a lot of emotional weight and energetic weight that we carry that sometimes we don't even realize and to begin to uncover that and make it rise to the surface is a really rattling time yeah. in in your life yeah. and it's hard to tell someone like this is going to be really uncomfortable and really messy, but it's worth it. I promise. Even though you can't see it, I promise. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Because you're really asking someone to actually kind of make it worse for themselves in the short (laughs) term, you know, like you're just like, and you can't really tell them how long that's going to last for either. That's so true. All you can tell them is that it's worth it. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like, you're about to get really emotional and sad and <laughs> release all these feelings. And I was actually having a conversation yeah. with my husband the other day because he, he's suffering from like chronic back pain and we're working through like treatment plans and everything. And I, and I put, I, <laughs> I'm like that annoying, nagging spiritual wife, like, but are you going to meditate? And like, <laughs> oh <my. laughs> but I was telling him, I was like, I, I really do I wish you would consider that there's an energetic component to this and like work on healing and nurturing that he's like, I like, but how, what, I don't even know where, where to start. And I think that's what so many people face. They're like, okay, I feel this call. I feel this, this sense that there's something more that I can be more that there's that I may have been asleep, I think is the best way to say it because it's, that can mean so many, so many things to whatever your life looks like, but where, where do you even start? And I think again, that's where community and this accountability of being able to have such beautiful altruism and spirituality is so useful for people who have been through it and be like, well, here's, here's what I did. And I don't know if it'll help you, but again, it's just so hard because it's like such a unique experience, but also such a shared one. (laughs) I don't know the right way to describe that. That's exactly what it is because I, I've had people come to me that I've worked with and I can see them 
doing this. They're in that dance right at the beginning where I I can feel it. I can tell that they know that there's something that they want to go towards, but there is a, I see them trying for a little bit, but then there's a retreat and, and I can see where they're at. (laughs) They're, they're in that place where it feels like it's, it's almost like this. I, I don't know the right word, but it's almost, it seems very counterintuitive to, especially because it's usually people, you know, that I'm working with and I can see they're at this breaking point. They're so overwhelmed. They're so exhausted. They're so tired. And for them to step willingly and almost, you know, jump off of this cliff and add even just a single ounce more to that quote unquote plate is just like incomprehensible to them. Mm. And so they do, they do this dance at the edge for a while. It feels like until just until, you know, really there is no other choice left. Mm. Cause I think that's, I think, you know, it's, I think the space that I hold through these circles is really just allowing people to go at their own pace. Um, because really, yeah, at the end of the day, everyone will get to that point, <laughs> whether yeah. it's in this lifetime or <laughs> maybe another one. But I mean, definitely for me, it was just really the only choice. Do you also find that people just don't realize that they have that power within themselves to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's my biggest frustration because I have friends and family who see that I'm into meditation and all this spiritual stuff and they'll ask me for advice or if I have any intuitive advice, you know, wisdom to share and I'll, and I think that's where I really had to create energetic boundaries, but that's a whole other thing. But I think the thing that I'm always most frustrated about is you see that there's something in your life you want to change, but you're still just willing to hand over your power to blame all of these issues on someone else instead of, you know, like reclaiming and claiming that light, like you said, and, and it, you just said it too. It's like, maybe they, they won't discover that in this lifetime and maybe they will. But I think for, for people like us who are at a certain point and have done the work and are ready to, hold that space for who people are ready. That dance on the edge can sometimes be frustrating because you're like, are you going to jump? Because like you keep asking me, like, are you going to jump? Because I'm ready. I'm ready to catch you and be here. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. But I know we have no control. Everyone's here to learn their own thing, but the human side of me is like, come on already. I know. For sure. I, um, I, I have to, I have to go through that in my head all the time, just, just like you, where I have to remind myself that like, I need to step out of their business, you know, like if, um, and, and trust that the people that are going to be, you know, in my circles and working with me are the people who are ready to go there and to just leave the rest alone, you know, cause I, it's like, I can't, but Oh man. I mean, you just, you see all, you see all this suffering, right. And it's so hard to not just be like, guys, I've got the solution. (laughs) Just, you know, like just, oh, just meditate, just sit and listen to yourself. (laughs) It's so simple. Oh, stop distracting yourself and just 
let yourself feel. So at what point in your journey did you start to realize that your your calling was to really to be able to support these people? Was there a noticeable shift? Did you feel this innate call or did you just realize that you needed a new path and this is what you wanted your path to be? This was like almost like a phase two of my journey. So I began this journey back to myself about eight, nine years ago, but really this phase two um, was not something, it's something that I, I, I think I knew deep in my heart, you know, eight, nine years ago uh, when I went through all that stuff. But I honestly, it took me a number of years to actually really believe that I could create something legitimate out of it, Mm -hmm. that there was a way to actually turn that into a series of of different types of offerings, a business, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know that struggle. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it's hard, you know, and, and I mean, to a, a large degree, like we've been, we've been living in this society that has really just, you know, been very like left brain masculine oriented. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, we've really obviously been overvaluing qualities that are very tangible and very linear and, you know, just solution oriented and thinking in the brain oriented. And so for me, uh, understanding that what I had to, offer was really rooted in a lot of the more I think right brain feminine uh sets of qualities really more just allowing right and Mm -hmm. holding space for other people um I it took me a while to really find the confidence and the knowing Mm -hmm. that this is something that could be uh useful I I can completely relate to that and it's so hard I think when when you feel this call and know that you're meant to serve and to help others, but we're kind of dancing on this beautiful transition between the masculine and the feminine right now. And these people who are, who are stepping into their light and stepping into their truth and their power and are meant to serve to help shift this human collective are creating businesses that are so deeply rooted in the divine feminine, but because they're so new and there's not really a paradigm to base them off of, it can be so, there has to be a lot of trust in something that you can't see and you have to know that that you are enough and that what you have to offer is enough and that is just like as an entrepreneur I can completely relate that is just such a hard thing to overcome and it's taken me almost two years to to finally figure it out that's exactly what it is I just really feel like we are in this huge paradigm shift And it took me a while to figure it out. But now that I have, I actually feel more passionate than ever about it because the deeper I get into this understanding, the more I realize really how badly we do need, we need people to understand who they are um, without all the social masks that they put on and, and, aside from the way that they were raised and aside from who they think they should become and who they, you know, what qualities they think they should embody in order to 
be a quote unquote leader. Mm-hmm. I I get a lot of people in my wisdom circles actually who are women, but who are quite entrepreneurial and who are either business owners or who are quite high up in the rungs of whatever corporation or company. And I can feel that they have this craving to tap into something quite opposite than the Mm. world that they're living in because they have this sense of just complete like depletion is is my sense that I'm gathering. And um, I can feel that until we understand that we need to come more into alignment with who we are, um, you know, we're not going to be able to change anything. That's so true. I want to talk a little bit more about your circles because I think more and more people, like you said, are kind of having that craving to, to have this space in this community. Um, but I thought it would be fun because I've realized that we, when, when we're on this path and we're, we're showing up and we're serving and I've realized that because of the pandemic and that we're in our own little bubble that I completely exist in my own reality that no one else exists in. So do you think in one sentence that you could describe what it means to hold space for someone? It means allowing people to find their own wisdom and to gain empowerment as a result. I love that. I love that because I realized that in the spiritual community, we use that all the time and that someone who might not necessarily know all the, all the lingo yet (laughs) might be a little lost when we're, when we're using all these fancy terms, but let's talk about your circles because I think these types of gatherings where, where we are beckoning each individual to, to find their own wisdom and to, to, you know, hold it and empower it without judgment or criticism and just allow it to exist and to flow, I think is so beautiful. And I think it's really the way of the future. Like we said, this, this new paradigm, the Mm -hmm. feminine, did you, had you attended ones before you decided to start hosting your own or what was that process like in deciding that you, you wanted to hold these circles? I've been to, um, a large gathering. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Spirit Weavers Gathering. It's in Oregon. I have, yeah. Um, I, you have, yeah. So I've, I've sat in circle at that gathering. And aside from that, I've never been to one. But I just got to that point, like we were talking about at the beginning, where I just reached a certain threshold of claiming my light. And I was like, I'm just going to start something because... I can't sit here anymore just ruminating um, without sharing at least something that I know or, or serving at least, you know, in some way. I, it's, it's time now. I felt like it was time, mm. time for me to get off the bench. Um, and so that's kind of where it started. It kind of just started with me like <laughs> putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but I, I knew that I needed to do that. So do you have, when you, when you host circles, do they have different intentions? Uh, Cause you said, you mentioned wisdom circle. Are there different, do you host different types of circles? Cause I know like full moon and new moon circles are very common. Uh, women's empowerment. Yeah. Are there different themes or I, I like intentions better might be a better word for it. <laughs> Yeah, so they are. They I, I typically hold them on the new moon or as close to the new moon as I can. Um, it's it's 
it's a dance between, um, you know, aligning with the new moon while also understanding that my, a lot of my attendees are moms and they are working moms, a lot of them too. So sometimes we don't always, um, make it on the new moon exactly. Um, but so the overarching idea is what we talked about. So it's really just this space, it's creating space for people to come exactly as they are and just put down the heavy baggage that they've been carrying. I, I really don't believe that there are enough spaces like that. Yeah. Um, it's not a place where we're going to be coach. It's not a coaching circle. It's, it's not a place for thinking and solving. It's a place for using our intuition, nurturing, mm-hmm. you know, allowing vulnerability, uh, surrendering. So it's really just a place to nurture a lot of these more feminine qualities in women so that they can swing back into their own equilibrium. Mm. And I understand that equilibrium and balance is something that it's it's not like we're walking around in balance all the time, but it's just this idea of holding space to allow, to allow women to remember, to remember what's below the surface, what's Mm. below who they, who they are on the surface. Mm. Um, and so beyond that, that's, that's the overarching theme, because I, I truly believe that if we can come and create spaces for women to do this and to feel supported in this and validated that women will transform themselves. I felt myself transforming in the process. I mean, this is, this is, this isn't a circle where I impart wisdom on other women. It's a circle where I hold space and co-create with them um, Mm -hmm. to help them find it themselves. And as they begin to nurture this and strengthen this understanding of who they are, that is where they become empowered because, you know, honestly, when you're in alignment with who you are, that's where the light comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where the spark comes from. Mm -hmm. That's where your feeling of purpose in life comes from. And, and that's where you, when you're operating from that place, that's the place where you are capable of effecting change, mm. not just in your life, but outwardly as well. So that's the overarching idea. And then, yeah, within it, we do we do anchor each month in specific themes that are related to the larger energies at play. And mm. so... I, I also, I also do this dance where I, you know, because of the women I attract, a a lot of them do come from the corporate world and are, I, I, (laughs) I sometimes have to really be careful regarding how much, you know, spiritual lingo I use, because I feel like my, my role is to exist in this balance between, um, a lot of women who don't come from this world Mm -hmm. and, the the more spiritual world so I don't um you know when I create themes I don't necessarily go too deep into you know how and why I came up with them and all the energies that's in play and you know so on and so forth I channeled this on the astro plane you know and (laughs) I know like I'm just gonna get people dropping off the call you know um it's just it's it's this inchworming into um spirituality I, I guess and 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 
reframing it in a way that that resonates with people. Um, so really, what you know, a, a lot of what I say is that the themes are really something for us to anchor to as a group, mm-hmm. and and that's the purpose of themes, and it's something to help bring us together um, to have to to do a ritual. Uh, together around. Um, and sometimes I have co-facilitators too, who come in and facilitate with me and they will provide an experience for the group that relates to the theme. Um, we, we've had, uh, you know, group hypnotherapy or this uh, concept of called core desired feelings, for example. Uh, it's really just a way to experience something and learn a little bit as it relates to the theme and as it relates to the, the larger intent of the circle too. That's just so beautiful. And I completely agree with what you said that we, we need more spaces for women like this where where they're seen. Because as yeah. women... I don't think we're ever really seen. And most times, do we ever even really see ourselves? Probably not. And it took me a really long time to uncover and discover my power as a woman and as a mother, especially because the way that we're, you know, the masks we have to wear, I like how you use that word, in society as women who kind of exist in this very masculine these structures it's it's really hard and to have these spaces where you are fully seen and how powerful and wise you actually are I think it's just such a beautiful thing and that's what I think true spirituality and the intention of awakening to your your light and your wisdom is and when we can make it as simple as just holding space and gathering in community and doing rituals and co-creating I think that's truly where the power and the shifts happen Exactly. If we all shifted internally, then the external world would have no choice but to change mm-hmm. too. It's it's not the other way around. It's, yep. it's and, so true. And so that's, yeah. Yeah. No small feet we have here. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. But but like we said, I mean, it's worth it. And you've seen firsthand just being in this space and the energy that the power and the shifts that can happen just by by being seen and heard and and loved and supported. Yeah. I, I, I see it every time I do it and I see it in myself. And so. Isn't it, 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 it brings me purpose. It gives me that light, you know, it strengthens my light. It, it, it's so true. And it's just beautiful to see how we're, we're all so interconnected and we don't, I don't know if we yeah. realize it until we, we gather in these types of events or we're having that conversation with a friend and, Oh, you're going through that. And I think we walk this life in this path thinking that we're going through it all alone or there's no one else in the world who could possibly understand, which I think is just, yeah, it's sad. And it's especially right now. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly, one of the main reasons I started these wisdom circles was selfish. I, I just, I was so I live in this little town in British Columbia in, in the mountains. And it's like, I don't, (laughs) I 
I don't see anybody, you know, with the pandemic. And it's just been, you know, my craving to feel seen myself. Mm-hmm. And we need that. God, we need that so badly. That's the whole reason I started this platform was because I didn't, I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to about this stuff. And I was so sick about answering questions about pregnancy and early motherhood. I'm like, can't anyone see these, these shifts that are happening? Does no one see like this internal, you know, narrative going on right now? And to have people who understand and who, who saw me in a way of how, how I wanted to see myself, the person that I knew that I was, but had so much emotional baggage in the way that I couldn't accept that that's who she was. People who I started connecting with through this podcast and through sharing their stories on the original enlightenedhood.com, like it helped me. And like you said, you've grown and changed and it helped me feel so connected and seen. And I am just forever grateful. And I think that's too similar to you, why I wanted to, to hold, space and to create this platform and this conversation because when we can when we can do that for others it just truly is so transformative that's such a really good point about putting yourself out there as a way to have your light reflected back to you Mm. you know through the the light through the light-minded people that you serve Mm. I didn't I never thought about it specifically like that but that really I don't know about you, but I, I always felt kind of like I was two different people because the life that I have here in New Jersey, and I've said this so many times before on this podcast, but it was so much my husband's life. Like I came here for grad school, not knowing anyone met my husband and kind of just got shoved into the current of his life with really without my own family or friends here. And so to them, I'm just that person who showed up to events to be liked, you know, yeah. I never really saw the real me. And I didn't really feel like I had that space to show them that. And I mean, New Jersey people have a very specific culture, <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it is not one that's really in line with, with the spiritual one. So, and that's changing since I've been here for eight years and, and it's changing, but it's definitely hard to, to feel like you have no one and to be so detached from your true self when you're showing up and interacting with other people. And I love how you said, have your light reflected back to you because I had, hadn't really up until starting this platform had many of those experiences in my life when being away from friends and family. Yes. Do you think though that, you know, the further you get on your journey and the more confidence and you feel and empowered you feel and less apologetic you feel about it, um, do you ever feel as though people surprise you in that like the more and more you act unapologetically like who you are, that you actually maybe give other people permission to do the same a little bit more in ways that they may not have been able to before? Yes, 1,000 billion percent. And, you know, everything I just said was within my own judgment too, you know, like I I was assuming and, but I, and stepping out and being more vulnerable and saying certain things on social media, I, I have been surprised by the people who have responded and either 
telling me that I basically have given them a permission slip to be more vulnerable. Definitely with my book, that was so vulnerable. I've gotten so many messages of people just pouring their heart out to me. And so I think that there really is such importance in showing up authentically and being you because we live with so many masks and it, you assume what's on the other side of the mask, but do we ever really know? We just know what we see and what we perceive and it, it goes in all different directions, whether what we think people think of us or we think of them or what the, we think they think of us, you know, it's like, there's, yeah. there's, it's so complicated. And the, I think the best thing we can do is take off the mask and show up authentically and do it, like you said, unapologetically, but much easier said than done in the way that we have been conditioned and indoctrinated by this social culture that we live in, which I could go on and on about that. But it's, I mean, it is complicated because we're so tethered to, to wanting to be loved and liked and appreciated and for sure and held and seen. And, and when you take off the mask that, I mean, people are seeing you a different you for the first time. That is really terrifying. It's so true. And and depending on how far you've been living from who you authentically yes. are, you know, before you take off the mask, will, I mean, may end up being a little bit more difficult because, you know, quite likely the people that you have attracted to you in that former life or, you know, masked self are probably a reflection of something that is even further from, you know, mm-hmm. who you are, which, which may mean for less possible acceptance. It seems like some people for sure don't get it. You know, it seems like either a lot of people fell away in my life, mm-hmm. you know, as I, as I made this shift and it wasn't really as hard for me <laughs> to deal with as I thought it was going to be because mm-hmm. um, people emerged too in, in equal measure who really like fill my bucket. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such an important point because it's, it can be such a hard and rocky transition where you, there's almost starts to be discord in certain relationships and you don't understand why. And I mean, I think you get to a certain point when you realize that whether the relationship was toxic or you were being gaslighted or it really, this person was aligned with the old version of you and it's okay that you've outgrown relationships. It's so hard because there's always these kind of in-between transitional periods in relationships that are never happening at the same time. And it's a really long process to kind of weed out those things that are no longer aligned with this new version of you. And I think that's what, again, like bringing back to what we were talking about before, where a lot of people where they do this dance right at the beginning of stepping into um, their light, claiming their darkness, stepping into more spirituality and really just trying to like come into alignment with like really who they truly are, you know, deep, deep down. Um, I think that's a huge part of it that, that holds people back to is, is like we're mentioning this like deep innate, you know, need to really be like loved and when you find that you're when you start to change and it starts to rattle relationships and you know rock the boat in just your your life I mean that's a huge part of what makes it not easy for a lot of people at the beginning too Mm -hmm. and I understand that for sure Yeah, yeah absolutely I was reflecting on this the other day because I think once we we we've 
taken that leap. We've jumped off the cliff. We are free falling in a beautiful co-creation <laughs> with the universe. And, you know, when we, we start to develop that connection and, and we're asking to grow and we're asking to evolve and we're asking for help to remove those blocks to help us to do so, sometimes we forget that things kind of have to happen in a tangible sense in our lives. So maybe yeah. that block yeah. was a person or a relationship. Maybe that block was a job. And we forget that even when things, when it looks like someone may have just out of the blue left our life or, you know, things happen so fast, we forget that we asked for it, you know, most of the time. I'm not to say that things don't happen, you know, but a lot of the times when these huge shifts are happening, like it's because we're putting in that work and we're developing our wisdom and self-trust, but there are kind of, you know, the energetic repercussions of that. Oh, uh, you know what? I said that it wasn't that hard for me to, you know, let go of certain relationships, but that was in my more recent uh, phase of spiritual development. Now that I'm thinking about it, the, when I first started to go through it, I found it really difficult. I, I had to let go of some people who really made me question whether what I was doing was the right mm-hmm. the right choice or not. Do you find that glimpses of that are still coming up now as you're continuing to pull back layers of healing and lessons? Yeah. Same. Yeah. All the time. Not as much now with like the core relationships that I have. Um I would I would say more in like a business sense. Yeah. In like a, in an entrepreneur, yeah, like things come up and I, and I'm constantly having to like, yeah. I, I think the thing that isn't talked about enough with that transition period too, is kind of the duality that yes, maybe that relationship isn't aligned or healthy for this new version of you but there's also that emotional element that comes with it of losing people with grief you know and and ending these relationships and it's not just like oh you weren't aligned with me okay bye like there's grief that's involved with that and I think that's something I struggle with you know now too is that there's still always this kind of these glimpses of grief with those relationships because it's not like anything necessarily that bad happened and it I outgrew it and I'm a new person and I I have boundaries and more self-respect than I did when I was kind of deep in those relationships but there's there's still heartache that goes with it there I think that that's like totally couldn't agree with you more something that is not really talked about enough during these like transitory periods is is the grief and and just that like Sometimes it's really hard too, because like you said, like there may not even have been like a specific thing that, that causes um, the distancing or whatever. And also some people, I mean, if you're an, an empathetic person, you can still see that, you know, there is good in these people and there it's, it's not, it's not this black and white situation at all. Yeah. It's really just that like, it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person or that it doesn't hurt Yeah. for you to not 
necessarily need to have boundaries. You find too that yeah. as you become more self-aware, like you're able to just clearly see why someone is acting and are the way they are, even if they can't see it, because I have, I struggle with that so much. And it kind of goes back to like, well, if you would just do this, then all your problems would go away. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. I, I honestly feel like that is my strongest, most profound form of intelligence is exactly what you just said. And I've been Same. like that my whole life Same. and I've never really understood why other people can't instantly really understand like the core of a, like the root of a situation or of, of an, another person's suffering like almost instantly I really can understand that yeah, yeah. and and for a long time it was something very difficult for me because I, I really wanted to fix other people and help other people and it was the whole thing not good for me I know it's it's so hard for me because I'm like I can see so clearly like I could just write you a prescription right now like you just need to to sit with yourself and heal this wound and there's something like over here that happened probably when you were a teenager that's now manifesting in your insecurity in the way that you you know it's like so hard for me to totally this is why I spent most of my time alone because otherwise like it's so hard me. Not that I would ever say anything because I'm like such a socially awkward person, but it makes it worse because I'm just like, I have complete transparency of why you're acting this way now, but I'm just also an awkward human. And my response just is so just like, I fumble over everything. <laughs> I know it's, it's so hard when you're like, you're so deep, like in your, in your head and like in your heart, you know, with and, and I don't mean that like, you know, you're so deep and other people aren't, but when you can, you know, see qu- with quite a lot of depth into a situation yet, tr- you're trying to um, have like a surface level conversation. It's, it's not always oh, an easy <laughs> thing to like bring together. That's why I can yeah. just like people my age, I just can't talk to them anymore because I'm like, are we just not going to talk about how all your insecurities are making you talk shit about everyone instead of like, I don't want to totally. talk about the Kardashians anymore. Like, can we just have, you know, like, are we going to talk about I know. this? <laughs> I, I, I can't either. I really like, and, and I think for a long time, that's why I masked myself, you know, so, so well, just just as like a coping mechanism to fit in. Yep. Um, but Same. as I've like peeled all those layers back, like I, I, if I'm in like a social situation, unless there's one person that I can identify that I can go stand and have like a, a really authentic conversation with, I like can't be there. Like I just, I can't. There's just That's why I hang out with people's children or their pets because they're the, yeah. <laughs> they're the most authentic <laughs> ones. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Totally. I am like very often the person like in the corner, like nurturing like the lab. Or, Me too. <laughs> I'm like, like you and your dog are friends now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I mean, that's why I like I had to start these wisdom circles because I'm like, man, like if I can't just find a few people that are, are you know, willing to just exist in this way you know even just once a month with me um then I yeah I just uh it's it just it all just seems it just seems also apparent I guess well it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast and I like to end 
with words of wisdom for anyone out there who's dancing on that line of the edge of the cliff and wants to jump or wants to learn how to claim their light. What, what wise words would you give to anyone listening? Trust yourself and trust that the life and the person that you have these glimmers of intuition of knowing that you could be or that you are underneath all the layers of pain and protection that you walk around with is possible. Trust that it is. And if you just continue day in, day out to do the work, return home to yourself and show yourself compassion, um, you will make your way there. I, I really quickly just wanted to tell you a metaphor that I read um, about how people, when they board a flight, they never, they never question whether or not their flight is going to land in their sunny destination. Mm. They just board the flight and they accept this space and time while they're flying as the transition or, you know, the bridge or the time or the space, you know, between point A to point B. And I really, I really believe that that's, that's how it is in life, right? I mean, if you're in this transition place, just trust that you are 